Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of SpinCast. Today joining us is Ryan Hines. He is the head coach slash director of the esports program at Concordia University, um, and he's also a board member on Nebraska School Esports Association, which is geared for middle schoolers and high schoolers. So a lot of great experience at a lot of great or a lot of different levels in the esports kind of world. So um, without further ado, Ryan, go ahead, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about your backstory, where your passions in gaming started, um, and kind of how that led you down your path to, you know, helping develop the Nebraska School Esports Association and uh, being the head coach at Concordia. Yeah, absolutely. And you can just call it the NSESA for short. It's, okay. it's simply a mouthful. <laughs> um, but no, uh, yeah, my I've just been a gamer for years uh, from playing Halo on the Xbox to my grandma even had a Super Nintendo and a 64. So GoldenEye and Mario Kart for days. Yep. Uh, but in college, I got really interested in the esports scene. Um, but I was going to school for mechanical engineering. So after that, got a job, got married. And then um, my wife's a teacher and a just kind of a couple of days down the road or a couple of years down the road, she, she knew I was a gamer and was interested in that. And she told me, Hey, there's all these students at the high school where she was teaching that were interested in gaming, mm-hmm. but weren't even friends with each other. Yeah. So she asked me, she's like, is there some way we can start a gaming club or something to get these kids connected? And so that's what we did. We, in 2017, we started a gaming club at Elm Creek. And uh, from there we reached out to other schools around us because we wanted to host local events to kind of get kids together, get a community going and try to get that just more involvement, you know, bring gaming out of the basement and into, you know, something more. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so from there, uh, a couple other schools around us agreed. And in 2018, we hosted our first tournament up here in Nebraska. And then right in April, right the month right after we uh, hosted a a second one. So it was catching on very quick. Um, But it was just exciting from there. uh, You go for another year, we added like 10 schools the next year. Mm-hmm. And then um, started a, a nonprofit organization to kind of organize and keep everything. Last year in the fall, we hosted a state tournament um, mm-hmm. for our fall season. So yeah. with the Nebraska Schools uh, High School Association, we run two different seasons, and we have like about two or three games in each season, mm-hmm. uh, just to to make it a year-round thing because there's a lot of students in it that you know aren't traditionally in other things, and everybody else kind of knows that you know that this reaches out and kind of helps to bridge that connection for non-athletic students and some athletic students as well yeah absolutely i think that's like a really important part of like you know you hit on the community part and then also you know a lot of these students they haven't found their like little community right you know i just said it but they haven't found their place in high school right they're not so interested in sports they're not so interested in band or chess or you know any other extracurricular but then esports comes along they're like wow yes that's, i want to do it i want to do it more and more and more um, and that's fantastic that you're providing that kind of at all levels right now, middle school through college. Um, the, only, the, only, the only next step is, you know, getting your own pro org. <laughs> pro org um, in Nebraska yeah. would be the first one we got for anything. Geez. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, take me into um, the development process and the collegiate side of things. You know, um, obviously you're starting a new program, a new varsity program at Concordia. Take me through what that looks like and kind of the process that you've been following and doing um, to really bring esports to the university as well. Yeah, I mean, as anyone will tell you, esports is the wild west right now. It it is crazy how many different orgs, how many different places you can go to compete, <clears throat> and just what different 
what different leagues there are out there, whether it's the developer league or just some random league or just a bunch of people that decided to hang out and play games. But uh, what we're doing here is we joined up with NACE this year just to get us started, to get us somewhere um, and go in. We've got Overwatch, Rocket League, and League of Legends. That's going to kind of be our starting three games, but being asked about Valorant and other things too. But bringing it to the university is a little bit different because um, a lot of students, you know, if they're really, really good at these games, they're going straight from high school into the pro scene. They're yeah. kind of skipping that oh. collegiate scene entirely because there's no point. You just go straight to pro at that point. Um, so what the colleges are looking to do is not just play video games, but really to add value to mm -hmm. your education. And so what we offer here is not only do we have a varsity like athletics side of our esport program, but we also have casting. We have content creating. We have uh, trying to get students to come here just to do those things um, because maybe they're interested in becoming a sports caster. And so they can kind of build their, um, build their, uh, oh, they can build their portfolio yep. uh, off of that and then go out and already have like four years of experience because they helped out with the high school or with their collegiate esport uh, team running the stream, improving everything on that end. So, you know, there's a lot more that collegiate esports is bringing so that those high level players, yeah, they're just going to go pro. We get that. So we're bringing in everybody else to let them get their four years of education, let them get experience. Um, and then some of them, they might become good enough that sure they'll go on after college and play professionally. And that, that could sort of become the norm, which I think a lot of places would be really excited about. Yeah, absolutely. I think you brought up a number of good points I want to dive into, but the first one's yeah. like these pathways and avenues that students gravitate towards. And I'm sure you see this all the way from the, the sixth and seventh graders all the way to your seniors in college is that there's so many skills and like tendencies that you pick up while playing the game that you kind of take to like a career, right? Whether it's casting yes. or content creation or engineering, kind of your major. Um, and then also just all the sim fields and the creative kind of world too of video editing and graphic design and photography that, you know, esports really gives a really great platform to explore all of those. So take me through your experiences and kind of what you've seen over all the different ages um, that you're involved with um, and seeing these students develop, you know, a new pathway that they really love to follow um, because, you know, they have this platform in esports, whether it's the middle school, high school, or collegiate level. So, yeah, the best example I can give of that is a student I had in Elm Creek that uh, she was very quiet, very quiet, wouldn't say a word the first year we hosted our, um, as we hosted and just kind of did stuff. And just every single time at any of our actual practices, loudest person there, always talking, yelling at everything and everybody. And then during school, just very quiet and not saying yeah. anything. So uh, what was kind of fun there was then the next year, uh, she ran for student council. It's mm -hmm. like, okay, cool. What, what helped you to kind of maybe come out of your shell? Probably just having a group to, to get to know, get to learn like, hey, my ideas and my personality are not, are, are accepted and liked here. And then to go on and say, I wanna run for student council because I now know a bunch of my peers I've now talked more than I ever have with any of them. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, to just kind of get out there and put themselves out there for once in their life. Yeah, and I think that kind of plays into like you were saying that really important community aspect, especially at younger ages. It's once you find your community, then you know, you're gonna branch out, right? You're gonna take a new risk and that right. risk might just be talking more, right? Um, just making a few new friends and all of a sudden like, hey, 
I, you know, you realize that you really do like this. And then you're like, you know what, I'm gonna try student council because, you know, you had that safe space almost where, you know, your community is upbringing and giving you the platform to really explore your opportunities and your kind of passions. And then you can take that to the next level, right? So that's awesome to see. Um, kind yeah, of, absolutely. Yeah. Um, one thing that you did bring up earlier, but when we were talking before we started the recording was how much you love land competitions versus online competitions. So tell me why, you know, obviously, you know, I, I'm pretty sure where you're going to go with this, but tell me why you think lands are so much more important to host versus online tournaments. I'll just give, and I've got, a, I've got great examples of this and so do hundreds of other coaches, but the best example I have is I, it really helps those students who are, it, it helps to break down that barrier of being toxic online because you can't be toxic, toxic online when the other team is literally in the room next to you and you have to lose. And the best example I have is my team got smacked hard and the whole game they're sitting there going like gosh this such and such is really good or this character is good oh how did they do that oh geez we just got slammed yeah. and uh one student he was so mad he's like i just can't believe this and i look at him i said hey they're gonna come over here and shake your hand so you need to kind of clean up your attitude a little bit sure enough the other team walks in shakes hands all around and uh the first thing one of the students says to him is, hey, were you the one playing, I don't remember what character it was, but are you were you playing this character? And he goes, yes. Like, you did a fantastic job when you did this. Reminder, we got slammed. They shut us down. And yet that other student came in, complimented him on how he played, and he kind of just sat there with his jaw on the floor. And I looked at him and I said, what are you going to say back? Because that's the person playing whatever character. Yeah. You had said a couple things about him during the game, like, why are they, so, like, how did they pull that off? How'd they do yeah. So turned around the attitude of the whole team. The whole team was then suddenly talking and engaging with the other, uh, the other team because they were just talking to each other about the game they just played. Mm -hmm. And so even though we got smacked, even though we were not the happiest team on the face of the planet, suddenly they're interacting. They're having fun, even though we got beat. And I don't, you just don't get that with a land tournament where you play and then go home. It's, just so much more fun to have that community interaction and then to have the opportunities of positive engagement even in a loss and then also learning how to be that winning team walking into the losing team and not saying ha we just slammed you guys it's coming in and saying look you guys did some cool stuff too even though we beat you but you know just really that interaction yeah absolutely i think that interaction is so important and land provides that platform like you just said and you know without it online you know you lose or have a bad game and you get slammed well usually the losing team just leaves the lobby immediately right and they never talk again right or even if they do talk usually it's not very nice um but you know land changes that they can help bring each other up and oftentimes at younger ages from my experience is that you see them being doing exactly what you said it's like hey you did great at this you should you know at the end of this to really help your team try, you know, doing this one more thing. And that kind of ties into what they were doing to win. Right. And all of a sudden you get all these little tips kind of compiling and it makes everyone better, you know, and I absolutely love to see that. Um, kind of um, going to my next question is what is the pathway kind of look like from all these middle and high school students that you're developing, you know, what are those next steps in your vision for these students? You know, is it going to college, you know, getting that extra value that you were talking about? What, are, what, what is your ideal pathway um, for these students to continue to follow as, you know, they have this great platform and their passion in esports, um, but what's next for them? What, what would you like to see kind of grow? 
Well, and that's part of the reason I'm, I guess I am here at Concordia is I was really, I mean, I was an engineer for four and a half years as I was helping in my volunteering time to help this high school esports team and the greater Nebraska org as a whole. And right, it was kind of like, what is the next step for these students? Like some of them, and, and I can only think of one kid in particular that probably wouldn't go to college if it wasn't for esports. He would want to go for something more esports. He'd probably just be very uninterested if he did go. Um, and his, his parents would encourage him heavily to go because that's what they believe in. But he would get there and then just kind of fizzle out. So whenever I was looking for an opportunity, I was like, you know what? College esports would probably be the best spot for me to help try to emphasize that these students are coming up and getting there. And I know there's a lot of other great collegiate coaches too that have the same exact idea as me. So that's, mm -hmm. that's great that that's what we get in the college scene. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of what I'm working on specifically in the colleges, you know, state colleges even, um, who really, I believe, need to get on this now, mm -hmm. just to give the opportunity to these students who are suddenly finding they want to be at school mm -hmm. and they want to learn because they want to stay involved in their esports team. And so now they, they've just been taught that video games and esports are something they can do in high school to help them, you know, succeed and give them an interest for once. And then now they can't carry that on at college. So that's why these teams need to, to really start existing and start adding that value because you're going to have students come in that are super psyched from their high school esport team and then go into college exactly as hyped as they were back then. And they're able to then sort of start learning how to be on their own, have a community, have that group that they can still engage with and still do things. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, you know, I think a lot of these bigger colleges will start to catch on, right? Because right now, you know, esports kind of exists a little bit everywhere, but a very slim down version, right? Most big schools, it's a student-led organization, maybe a club at best, right? The varsity programs are usually in the smaller schools that are realizing like, wow, you know, this is really great and they're diverting the funds to it, but the bigger, school, bigger schools haven't caught on yet. And there's a reasons behind that. You know, there's still that violence aspect to video games that people are so weary of, right? Even though if you read research, it says quite the opposite. Right. But, you know, obviously that red tape, it's especially for large state schools, they're going to go through that, you know, with a fine tooth comb. Uh, but I hope to see more programs because it's just more programs means more opportunities, right? Um, for these students to find that right fit so they can go and ex keep exploring these pathways and find, you know, that successful long-term career, um, wherever that is, whether it's inside the esports space or outside the esports space, um, doesn't really matter as long as they're successful, right? So absolutely good to see. Um, and that kind of brings about my next question is that inside versus the outside kind of space, right? There's a lot of great skills you develop in the esports world. And we were talking about it earlier before we were recording that, you know, your kind of program at the collegiate side of things with the casting can, you know, casting can very easily transition to sports casting, right? Um, so take me through kind of your thought process of the ability to expand those avenues and pathways, even outside of the esports industry where they develop all these skills within esports, but then they get an opportunity with the NFL, right? Or they go work for something in STEM, right? That might be computer, you know, uh, graphic design or level design or game design, but, you know, not specifically for esports. So take me through kind of your thought process in that and, you know, why you view it that way. Yeah, I mean, you got the obvious ones where it's like IT, that's mm -hmm. easy. You got computers, you're messing with all the systems, you're doing that. Graphic design, 
that's huge because you're you're creating graphics for the stream or you're you're interested in the artwork and the design of video games in general so that kind of leads you down that path but things like marketing you know that's something you can push heavily because it's like look we want to market our esports team so who else better to do that but our students that are sitting here excited about it already you know they'll show off the most exciting parts of our esport program they show off all the different things even business management because it is a business in its own right on campus. And so managing how we do that and, you know, giving uh, social media uh, responsibilities to students like we already do with traditional sports, yep. giving the opportunity for them to run the cast so that, yeah, they're, they're getting that streaming and the, the shout casting and, and learning how to do that for uh, esports transitions right into learning how to do that for uh, just any sort of traditional thing. Uh, I'd say then they're also able to build up a portfolio based off of all of that so that when they go on to their next job, they can say, look, I did four years of marketing for my esports team. I right off the bat, I was doing stuff like trying to figure out how to send out a, you know, a basic email to high school students or trying to manage the social media. I was creating graphics for our uh, streaming and, and different other just content in general. So on top of all that yeah and the the analysis side of it too i guess this just threw in there um or i remember this one but analyzing the games and going through just all that critical thinking you can apply that everywhere engineering yep. math it's just all over the place yeah and that's the that's the great part of esports and the greatest part of it in my opinion is that you develop the core skills like you were just saying the leadership the critical thinking the problem solving the analyst um these very very core skills that you can apply to anything, but then also the pathways and avenues are so readily available to all the different industries, whether it's esports or not, or within esports for the, all the different companies that are involved in businesses, because it's so many, right? Uh, that's just great, a great place for these students to kind of explore where their interests are so they are successful later in life and happy at what they do. Um, so absolutely. Kind of moving into my last question before we run out of time here is, um, kind of what is your vision for NSEA? Um, obviously, you know, you had just over 20 schools, I think you said, involved now, you know, where do you hope to continue to grow to and expand to to bring, you know, more opportunities to the students, you know, what's that kind of inter end goal vision of yours? Yeah, I mean, the end goal is just to make it as any other sport in high school. So in other words, we, we right now are, we just made the big decision to split into class A and B schools, C and D schools, which mm -hmm. in Nebraska, that makes sense. But everywhere else, it's like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> but uh, we just made that decision. So that gives us an opportunity to send two different groups to a two different state finals. Mm -hmm. So what I really want is that, yeah, we have every school has the opportunity or has some way of getting an esports team. And then from that, we're able to split it off into what traditional sports do. You know, class A, class B, class C, class D. Those are your finals. Everybody has a district tournament. Everybody has conferences and rivals and all sorts of stuff. Really be like, okay, look, we, we didn't win state, but we did win our district. Or we didn't win district, but we did win our conference. And we did beat our rival this year. So having the ability to say stuff like that, um, I want like massive tournaments, um, land tournaments that are hosted at um, bigger events. So, I mean, I know that Baxter Arena in Omaha is always filled with a, a big land tournament that they do for charity there. Mm -hmm. I want that filled with a state tournament final for Class A. And, yeah. and you know, um, 
just everywhere having an opportunity to have really cool just just great experiences across the board for every single school and and just yeah every single student having the option um, that i never had in high school of hey here's the esports team that you can probably join too if you didn't want to do cross country or you can do cross country this semester and the next semester you can just join up with your esport team because you don't want to do track or the options are kind of endless yeah absolutely it's just you know providing as many opportunities like you said um so all the students can find that right opportunity for them because that's the most important part i think especially you know just serving as educators educators it's how do we get students more involved, more engaged in what they're passionate about and then give them the opportunities to pursue those passions, right? And if you can achieve that goal, then, you know, it's 100% A plus, hands off, we're, yeah. we're successful, right? Yeah. I'd love to see it. Um, my last question that I give everybody before we end um, this, you know, spin cast on our mini series, thanks you once again for joining, with, joining me today. Uh, but my one last question is looking at Global esports, the industry's entire whole, right? Obviously, it's growing incredibly quickly. You know, the revenue hit over a billion dollars last year, and it's growing at a very, very rapid rate. Um, but what's that next step? You know, we were talking about before we started recording was that there's still that mainstream perception that doesn't really understand esports, right? And it's no one's fault. It's just no one, you know, a lot of people haven't been exposed to it. A lot of people have like heard of it, but like, oh, you know, it's video games. They're just playing competitively, right? They're just playing for money. It's nothing more. Um, but really, it's this complete, diverse, and inclusive and complex industry that's so organic that has so many opportunities for all these students. Um, so take me through what the next step that, you know, the esports industry should take to make it more stream, right? To have more people that, you know, go into a bar and watch it on a Saturday night, right? That, you know, it almost competes with college football or NFL where people are like, yeah, I'm going to go watch the League of Legends finals. So I'm going to go watch a Rocket League final. Or I'm going to go in, um, after the football game on Friday night, Saturday morning, I'm going to watch Rocket League, right? So what's that next step in your opinion that, you know, we could really focus on as an industry um, to get to that next level of that mainstream acceptance, so to say? Gosh, that's a massive question. It's uh, a very really loaded question. That's why I always ask the last. Yeah, I know. First thing that comes to your mind. First thing that comes to my mind is just making, I guess the first thing that comes to my mind, whenever I think about the negative side, like what is the negative thing? What is the dirt someone could bring up on video games that would make them say, I'm not interested in that at all. Yeah. And I think that it is the toxicity in the community. I think there are a lot of times where we have these, these big name streamers or this big somebody who comes out and says, oh yeah, they're, they just were trashing somebody online and they got banned. And then you know, then they brag about getting banned. And I, I've even seen students that brag about getting banned in Rocket League for chat crud. And it's like, how do you do that? I don't even chat in Rocket League. I just play the game. So I, I think if you get rid of that, you also start to see more um, uh, women in esports because then it's not as toxic of a community and, and it's more accepting of, of women in those other uh, minority groups. And And then you really start to see it coming out more because that's going to be the first thing that some people see is like well look how toxic the community is for league of legends that's why it'll never get any bigger nobody wants to join it yep. i think that's the number one thing that we we really got to check and then it'll just explode and that will have to pay attention to us at that point yeah absolutely and i think you know programs like yours kind of provides that basis right once you get more students in a land setting and kind of teach them, you know, there's no right way to game, but there's the right attitude to approach gaming, right? And having everybody, you know, in clubs or varsity programs or on teams, just like sports teams, like, you know, you learn in football or basketball, when you start 
dissing the other team or, you know, throwing a few cuss words out, like your coach is going to be yelling at you, you know? Um, and once you have a little bit more of that, a little more structure in esports, I think we'll see that begin to change, but um, absolutely right there is, you know, overcoming that provides so many more opportunities, right? And that's kind of what we've been talking about the entire time. It's just more opportunities for more students so they can pursue what they're passionate on, uh, which you know, I couldn't be more happy to hear from anybody that's ever on the podcast series. Um, but unfortunately we are out of time. Ryan, thank you so much for sitting down with me um, on SpinCast. Real fast, if you will, plug yourself, plug your program. Um, tell us where we can learn more about you on a website or Twitter or any other social media. Yeah, my Twitter is uh, Ryan Hines uh, underscore EC. Uh, Hines is spelled H-I-N-D-S because nobody spells that correct. Um, otherwise, you can uh, find more about the Nebraska um, high school esports at NebraskaHSEsports.com. And uh, yeah, Concordia, uh, C-U-N-E underscore esports, or yeah, C-U-N-E underscore esports, I think, believe is the Concordia um, esports Twitter uh, and Concordia University of Nebraska is uh, where we're at. Awesome. Everyone go check them out. They're developing and already have a lot of great programs and a lot of great teams there. So check them out, give them the support they need to continue to grow. Um, to all our viewers and listeners, thanks for staying the entire time. Stay, stay safe, stay healthy out there during COVID. Uh, make sure you take care of yourself, take care of your loved ones. And last, lastly, but not least, stay plugged in. Mm -hmm.